Mm-hmm. I know some people just don't even like reading this because it talks about slavery and, and uh, yeah, you know, people have misused the Bible to say that slavery is okay. And, and that's not what Paul is doing. All right. Hello, and welcome back to the Bible Study Discussion Podcast. We are here. My name is Joel. With I am Wayne, the co-host. Perfect. And we are going to dive into chapter six of Ephesians. But first, and most importantly, can I have you open us up in prayer? Absolutely. Heavenly Father, I love you. Thank you for your love and for your grace. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for a chance to read and to study your word. I pray that you would open our eyes, open our hearts to know your truths. God, that it would help us to live a life that brings you glory. Uh, just thank you for today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. All right. I am going to get started in verse one. Good place to start. I mean, I could get started in verse three, but I wouldn't recommend it. Not recommended. All right. Jumping in from chapter five, going into chapter six. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Yeah, so this uh, chapter 5, verse 21 talks about submitting to each other in Christ. And this is uh, it's more of that household code. And again, like the children who obey your parents, not not that shocking to either mm-hmm. Jewish or Roman people. Um, but if you look back, you know, that the Ten Commandments, this is one of yeah. them. Children obeying your parents along with like, you know, not murdering, not stealing, one true God, no idols. Like this is this is one of the top ten. Yeah. And it's the one that has a promise that it will go well with you. Um, but then Paul, he, he gives us verse four. Fathers, don't stir up anger in your children. So so Paul mm-hmm. says something that, that anybody listening would probably go, yeah, that's true. Children should obey their parents. And then he says, hey, but there's actually a responsibility on the fathers to bring up the children in training and instruction of the Lord. So, yeah. so there's not just an admonition for the children, but there, yeah. there's a call and there's an expectation that's put on the fathers in these Christian households as well. Absolutely. And that also comes back to the um, submission, submitting from chapter five. You know, it's talking about, you know, husbands submit to wives, wives submit to husbands. Mm-hmm. And this is talking on parents you know, children obey your parents and honor them and respect them. And then again, you know, parents raise and respect your children in a way to, Mm. you know, every kid does wrong. Every kid, you know, will need to have correction, Mm. you know, whether that is, you know, spankings or timeout or whatever, you know, you learn, but there is also a difference between provoking your children to wrath Mm -hmm. and correction yeah he 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 gives he gives that that both thing like and and to just like we talked about to for a wife to submit to a husband who is truly loving her isn't going to be a burden Mm -hmm. and for a child to obey a parent who is who is loving and and training in the lord and instructing like that obedience might not always be fun for a child but it won't be 
the burden that would be to an unlove to to obey an unloving or unkind parent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is such a balance that you need because, mm-hmm. like, you can't have just training and punishment and correction without that love. Right. Like without that, that isn't, that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. But having love without that correction also doesn't work. Yeah. Like you need both. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And we talked about last, last in chapter five, how God is love, but like God Mm -hmm. is also holy and God is just. Absolutely. So it's not God is love and, and it's okay if you do whatever you want. Everybody's going to end up in heaven in the end. Like God, God is love. And God is holy and God is just. And like those, yeah. those work together. Yeah. All right. Verse five. Mm-hmm. Slaves, obey your human masters with fear and trembling in the sincerity of your heart as you would Christ. Don't work only while being watched as people pleasers, but as slaves of Christ doing God's will from your heart. Serve with a good attitude as to the Lord and not to people, knowing that whatever good each one does, slave or free, he will receive this back from the Lord. And masters, treat your slaves the same way, without threatening them, because you know that both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no favoritism with him. I mean, a more modern take on this is not just, you know, the um, slave and a master, mm-hmm. but in every aspect of your life, in... You know, where is a place that you are constantly going that you have to listen to someone else's authority? Mm-hmm. I would say work, Yep. you know, and that is, you know, hey, honor your boss in not just when they're looking, but when they're not looking mm-hmm. and work in a way that is honoring to God, both in how you work and how you act. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and even that, you know, knowing that whatever good each one does, slave or free, he will receive back from the Lord. So these these commands for working and, and stuff don't only apply to slaves. And I know some people just don't even like reading this because it talks about slavery. And, and uh, yeah, you know, people have misused the Bible to say that slavery is OK. And, mm-hmm. and that's not what Paul is doing. No. Paul is saying, hey, like in. In the communities that, that he was a part of, there were slaves and masters. Yeah. And and slaves who who were following Christ um, would look different than slaves that weren't. They would they would have these attitudes and these actions. Yeah. Um, but then just like just like uh, wives and husbands, just like children and parents, um, verse nine says, "And masters treat your slaves the same way, without threatening them, because you know that both their master and yours is in heaven." So. So Paul says, hey, slaves, do this. Just like he said, hey, wives, do this. Hey, kids, do this. And, and everybody would be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Paul's like, and masters. Like, this is still all under that mutual submission of verse 21. And masters, mm-hmm. treat your slaves well. Don't threaten them because because you know that that, that slave and you have the same master in heaven. And, and that slave and you are on the same playing field to God. Yeah. God's not showing favoritism. You don't get a pass because you're a master of slaves and he's a slave like no. to God, you and him are both humans created in the likeness of God. So treat your slaves. Well, yeah. For some reason this popped into my head is, you know, thinking all the way back to Egypt mm-hmm. and in how, 
you know, Israel was enslaved to Egypt right. and how it's like, hey, they were bound and forced to submit in that one. And Egypt did not honor and respect them. Hmm. And so then they were set free. And now this is a reminder and almost, you know, definitely of a cultural time mm -hmm. to say, hey, now you are masters and there are still slaves and mm -hmm. stuff, but do different, you know, don't have the same thing happen. Yeah. Like what happened in Egypt, you know? Absolutely. And, and while, you know, while they were slaves, they were uh, called to serve their masters well in yeah. Egypt. And um, there was, there was laws about Israelites having other Israelites as slaves in ways that they were supposed to treat them. Yeah. Like I said, this, this isn't Paul saying that, Hey, slavery is good. This is how you do it. This is Paul saying, Hey, slavery is a part of the culture. And in, in this letter, I'm not going to try and tell you to stop having slaves. That's not my place in this letter. Mm -hmm. Given the chance Paul may have, and I'm guessing would have stood up against slavery, but yeah. this letter to the churches wasn't the place to do it. He's just saying, hey, for those of you who have slaves, because and maybe they had slaves before they were saved, and, and Paul would probably encourage them to maybe rethink that once they were saved. But but if you have slaves, if you are a slave, is how he starts out, this is how you live. And if you are a master, treat your slaves well, have that mutual submission and that mutual love between you for another human created in God's image. Yeah. That's so cool. All right. Shall we get started in verse 10? Absolutely. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the powers and against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel gospel of peace above all taking the shield of faith which you will be able to quell all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of god praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints and for me that utterance may be given to me that i may be open that i may open my mouth boldly to make known the mysteries of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that in it, I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So I only have about 12 things to talk about from those verses. <laughs> yeah. There's no, but, a lot um, to unpack. But just even in verse 10, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. So like, like mm -hmm. as we are doing this, you know, what, what has come before in chapter five and the start of chapter six and what's coming after it's not in our own strength yeah. that God calls us to stand, but to, to rely on his strength. Mm -hmm. And I love how in the past, what, almost, yeah, the whole chapter before and this whole 
half a chapter prior to this, mm-hmm. he is talking about submitting to one another, submitting to God, right. you know, humility and humble. Mm-hmm. And now he's saying, finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord. Mm-hmm. In this submission, be strong. Mm-hmm. And then something I really like, just that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against yeah. the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness against evil. And so often it's mm. it's easy to think that our fight is it's, with people. Yeah. Our fight is with the people that don't agree with us. You know, it's one another. As we're recording this, it is the day after election day. Yeah. And um, I I don't watch a lot of cable, but we my dad watches a lot of sports and stuff. So, like, I'll come through the living room and it'll be on. And um, I'm excited to not see ads political ads and um i don't know that i saw a political ad where the candidate was telling me about what they wanted to do but they were telling me why i should hate and or be afraid of their opponent yeah and um as a christian my war isn't against the political opponent yeah no they might have ideas that i think are contrary to scripture but my war the battle that i'm fighting the reason i put on the armor of god yeah is to fight the evil forces to fight against the things that are against god not other humans yeah and that is that is so true and going through and jumping a little bit ahead mm-hmm. i had a interesting question which may or may not sidetrack so i wanted to hear your thoughts mm-hmm. It's talking about, you know, putting on the armor of God, but then it gets close to the end and it says, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quell all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Mm-hmm. And that had me questioning in modern thinking, which and maybe it's just in my confused thought. I feel like faith is almost used as a weapon Hmm. more. And so it's such an interesting thing seeing it here of it is used as the shield. You know, it's in faith, I command you or in faith, you need to do this or in faith. Like, Hmm. I feel like that is something that is permeated modern understanding, Hmm. even though reading this it's like that that isn't what faith is supposed to be like faith is of course standing against you know but it's also it is the shield it is understanding in yourself of like all right i'm not going to bow to this Mm. you know it is um daniel and the lion's den and it is the rash Shadrach, Meshach, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Mm -hmm. you know, standing and saying, no, I'm not going to bow to the king of Babylon. But I feel like for some reason, Hmm. am I wrong? And I think even in in both those situations, like like Daniel had great faith and and because of his faith, continued to pray to God. Yeah. But I don't feel like he was, even Daniel or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were actively coming against the rulers the the natural rulers they were just standing firm in what they believed like daniel wasn't 
wasn't attacking in his prayer. He was just going to continue mm-hmm. praying, even though that went against the king's decree. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow and worship the statue of the king, but they weren't yeah. they weren't revolting because of their faith. They they took the consequences. They didn't fight back. They were thrown into a furnace. Daniel was thrown into a lion's den. Yeah. Um, so that faith was was just that that bulwark, that steadiness that was able to keep them through those situations. Yeah. Um, and like the, the only I, offensive weapon we see is the sword of the spirit, the word of God. And even even in that, um, I think sometimes like the armor of God is really cool. It's really fun to talk about. It's really fun to be like, well, why did Paul use like the breastplate of righteousness? So why is righteousness the breastplate? And maybe, um, maybe there's a lot of thought in Paul to which thing he assigned to which piece of armor. Yeah. Or, or maybe he just knew that people would be familiar with, with a Roman soldier's armor because they'd seen them around. He was in prison being guarded by Romans at the time. So he had it on his mind. Yeah. Um, so maybe he just got to, to the shield and shield was where he was with faith. And that was like, yeah, all right. Shield of faith, that makes sense. You know, some sometimes mm-hmm. it's just a metaphor. It's just an analogy. And maybe there's not as much significance to which part is which as we sometimes put on it, reading back and going, oh man, gotcha. like the sword of the spirit, like that's the offensive one. Like the Bible, that's all we, maybe, and, and maybe <laughs> yeah, not. Um, what is it? The, the stereotypical, like the Bible thumping, like, all right, I've got my sword of the spirit. All right. right. Whap. Yeah. <laughs> um, one, one thing that stuck up to me is that, you know, the shield of faith to extinguish yeah. the fiery darts of the enemy. Um, I know the Christian life isn't supposed to be easy. I know the enemy doesn't want us to live for Christ. Yeah. Um, but, like, you don't carry the shield. And, and the shields that the Roman soldier would have been carrying would have been, like, big four-foot shields made out of wood with leather. And if they were going into a, a place where they might be shot with fiery darts, um, they would put special stuff on their shield that would help put out the fire and help their shield to not catch on fire. Um, so, pretty much, we can... We're being told that like there's going to be attacks against you. Like you don't yeah. you don't carry a big shield unless you're going into a situation where you're going to need a big shield. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. as we follow Christ, things are going to come against us. Yeah. You will need to have this armor on. And that is a great reminder to have that following Christ isn't the easy road. Right. It is. But in reading this scripture, you will be well prepared. And in reading mm-hmm. the word in general, it is equipping you and allowing you to put on that armor to mm-hmm. prepare for everything that will come your way. Yeah. And in, in the gospel, Jesus says, uh, in this tr- in this world, you will have trouble. But take mm-hmm. heart, I've come from the world. So like Jesus promises trouble to those who are following him. Uh, verse, verse 18 in the New Living Translation. It yeah. says, pray in the spirit. At all times and on every occasion, stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Um, being mm-hmm. persistent in my prayers is hard. It is. Because, um, like, I, <laughs> I, I don't want to like, keep bugging God for something that's maybe not what's supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, whether it's like, a family member uh, healing or a situation or, or, you know, maybe I've been praying for the president of our country for the last eight years. And I still don't know if I'm happy with the presidents of our country over the last, I, I don't know, maybe ever. Um, but yeah. like, but to be persistent in your prayers, 
to continue to press in, to continue to seek God for his will and for his goodness and for his faithfulness uh, is just a great reminder to like, don't, don't just pray about something once and be like, well, I prayed about it. So if God wants to do something, he'll do something, but to continue to, to bring that to God and continue to be persistent. Yeah. And in so doing, you will constantly be in God's presence. Mm. And so then not only can you be asking and being interceding for those around you, but then you're also dedicating that time mm-hmm. to also listening and you will be able to mm-hmm. hear God's voice yeah. and understand. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, and then Paul, um, we've talked about Paul seeming to be a fairly bold man, Paul, who is in prison for proclaiming the gospel, mm. asked them to pray for him for boldness. <laughs> and like, I don't, I don't ask people to pray for me for boldness very often. I don't pray for myself for boldness that often. Yeah. And my estimation is that I'm not nearly as bold as Paul was. Yeah. So if Paul, writing a letter to a church from prison, and he's in prison because he's sharing the gospel, is asking for boldness to share the gospel, I should probably be praying for boldness to share the gospel. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah he set a high bar yeah <laughs> yeah I, pray that I might be bold enough to speak about it as I should mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like he may have been speaking about it pretty boldly already I I think so I don't know that'll be a fun thing to be able to ask him like mm-hmm. how bold do you th- were you and right you know yeah. Do you think that he had any idea how impactful his letters were when he wrote them? You know, as someone like, you know, thinking back, like we, of course, have history. Mm-hmm. And right. of course, the the Bible, this collection of documents and God's word put together. Hmm. But at the time, there wasn't. And he was writing a letter to the Ephesians. Right, to a like, church that he knew of. And, yeah. and he was writing them to friends and to people that he knew and to other people who would read this. But at the time, he was sitting under guard, mm-hmm. in house arrest, in prison, with a candle and some parchment and a quill. Mm-hmm. And, you know, eating, I don't know, soggy bread and not being able to, you know, like thinking back on it, you know, Mm. we're able to probably romanticize it a little bit of it's like, oh, you know, he probably has like, you know, this whole palace and he's he's out on the corner preaching to 5000, which Mm. he did. But at the time that he's writing this letter, it isn't that glamorous of his situation right he's you know he's like hey pray for me i'm in chains right i've i will say this i have never been to jail or prison or anything Mm -hmm. but even in even though jail and prison in today's standard is uncomfortable and bad it's nothing compared to what it was Hmm. when paul was alive right and there there was different types of prison like the the house arrest was probably pretty okay to be in but yeah. yeah, and and Paul, who who was a Pharisee before this, who knew the Hebrew Scriptures, like mm-hmm. did he 
in any way understand that he was writing something that would be put with and paired with the Hebrew scriptures for all Jesus followers moving forward, moving forward to, yeah. to use as scripture. And maybe he has some ideas. Obviously, I, I believe he was inspired by the Spirit in his writings. But like he, absolutely, we we're pretty sure that the the two letters to the Corinthians that we have aren't the only letters that he wrote to the Corinthians. So like, did he know at the time which letters he wrote to these churches were going to end up in scriptures <laughs> and which ones wouldn't? No. Like, that would be kind of, that's an interesting thing. Like, I wonder what his perspective was. Like, I mean, of course, everyone is kind of just that human nature to be mm-hmm. impatient and to be a little bit anxious of it's like, at the time, like he's, like you said, he was in house arrest. He doesn't know what his future will hold. Right. I mean, he has faith and he has God's grace and peace on him to know that everything will be all right. But even then, there's still those constant attacks of doubt and things that will say, like, will I be executed? What's going, what will tomorrow hold? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have one more thing before we read the last few verses. Uh, Again, from the InterVarsity Press, Biblical Background Commentary, New Testament Edition. Um, He just stated that a, a Roman soldier by himself was vulnerable. But as a unified army, a Roman legion was virtually invincible. So they had those four-foot shields, um, and, and the, the front row had their shields out. The second row had their shields up. So, like, moving as a unit, um, they were much more protected than just being by themselves. Yeah. I think that's just powerful imagery that we that we see, like, as believers— um, when we're being a believer by ourselves, uh, we are vulnerable. When we're plugged into a community following Christ together. We have others around us to help protect us, to help shore up our weaknesses, to keep us safe, to to run to and rely on when yeah. it's hard for us. That's awesome. And now I'll read verses 21 through 24. Tychicus, our dearly loved brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you all the news about me so that you may be informed. I am sending him to you for this very reason, to let you know how we are and to encourage your hearts. Peace to the brothers and sisters and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who have undying love for our Lord Jesus Christ. I love how in every letter he ends it on such a practical, you know, he has been going through like you know submit submitting yourselves to one another and submitting yourselves to your children and to god and protecting yourself and being shrewd and Mm -hmm. everything over this whole book of ephesians but then he goes back to the practical thing of it's like hey i'm writing to friends and families and to humans who are praying for me and who are worried about me and the last that they know i am in jail right and so i am writing this letter to say hey i am okay Mm -hmm. and be encouraged and here this is my dear friend he will tell you how i'm doing he has seen me I was just with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's, maybe maybe it's not worth writing down because it's expensive to write things. But Tychicus has been with me, so yeah. I have this relationship with you. I know you're probably wondering how I am. He can tell you. Yeah, and it's, it's important enough to write my letter that hey, ask him because because I want you to know how I'm doing. And in so he is no 
also honoring everyone so that they aren't, you know, caught up in the worries of mm-hmm. it's like, yep. how is he? What's going on? You know, any of those things. It is let him bring peace to you, not only through this letter, but also hearing his voice and mm-hmm. hearing his testimony. Right. And then, of course, he goes in in verse 23 peace to the brethren and love with faith from God, the father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. You know, not only am I saying have peace about, you know, your friend, like, Hey, if you suddenly hear that someone is in a car accident, you're worried about them. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, that is the same situation here, but information is so much slower to get out and travel. And so he's saying, Hey, relax i'm okay mm-hmm. and now have peace you know not right. only through hearing about how i'm doing right but also may the lord bless you and give you peace yeah and live in that absolutely good stuff mm-hmm. do you do you have a a, a one standout thing a, a one big takeaway from chapter six? Oh, i would say it's definitely um i mean the armor of god but also you know, having peace, but the living in what the shield of faith, you mm-hmm. know, like what we were really talking about. Right. And understanding. I I really liked how that stood out to me. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's just that, that remembering who we're fighting. Yeah. Who, who the like, like why the armor of God is important. And it's because we're fighting the mm-hmm. evil one, the schemes of the evil one, the, the unseen powers like that is the enemy. Yeah, the, the the people who disagree with our enemy, and that there's there's Christian circles where like Christians who believe slightly different become the enemy yeah. because we're like this is the way to interpret this verse in only this way, and and people aren't the enemy. No, 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 no. It's in this um, New King James version. There's a section here which talks about. It just kind of is a short summary and it breaks down the Mm -hmm. whole book of Ephesians. And it's really interesting because it says the blessings Christians enjoy and the responsibility Christians have. And Mm -hmm. it has just this whole list. And it's like, hey, some of the responsibilities are, you know, keeping unity of the spirit and unity in the brother, Mm -hmm. you know, in you know, to have marriages that honor, but also, you know, having that unity with one another. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of the blessings are chosen by God, acceptance before God, mm. insight into God's will, you know, wisdom and knowledge and spiritual life. Mm. Like, so I think that all of that, all of those things are kind of summarized in chapter six. Right. Because he touches on all those different things. Mm-hmm. Good, good stuff. Um, so that's that's Ephesians. Uh, we're going to do our question cubes. But thank you so much for watching through uh, this series. If you haven't seen Galatians, you can go watch that as well. And I bet you can guess what book of the Bible is coming next. If you can, guess, leave it in the comments. Joel, you got a question for me? I do. Would you rather age forward or backwards from this point? Can neither be an option? Because I'm pretty comfortable here at 41. I mean, I guess I, so. I, I think I'm going to go forwards. Like, I, I, yeah. I don't. 
hey, I don't know how aging backwards would work. Like I get at at 18, do I go back to school as a senior? And have I forgot everything before that? Do I still know things before? Like that just seems like a, a lot of confusing things that I don't want to worry about. So I'll stick with just aging forward as I'm currently doing and as God seems to have intended. Yeah. It's working for me so far. Uh, that sounds way too complex. I, I agree with you. Right. You know? All right. What's the funniest advice your mother gave you? The funniest advice? Oh. Like, I mean, I'd say, like, the advice that my dad gave me was, you know, don't eat yellow snow. That's good advice. That, that, yeah, that's really good advice. Um, advice that my mom gave. She's not one for, you know, the super hilarious quippy. Mm-hmm. But, I mean... I guess one of them is definitely like the the happy wife, happy life kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. But in the sense of she was also kind of irritated at me at the time because I was, you know, being a brat. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was just after she had, you know, jokingly like tossed a tennis ball at me or something. Okay. I was like, you know do that and also learn how to duck learn how to duck learn how to duck is good advice so good advice indeed (laughs) yeah but hey thank you everyone for joining us please like follow share on all the platforms all of them all of them and can you read the last verse one more time absolutely grace be with all who have undying love for our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm.